Hey guys, it's Thursday evening. I'm Texas Garden Guy, and this is the Garden Party. This is the Garden Party, and we want a garden party with you. We talk about the plants we grow and some things you might not know. The Garden Party. Go ahead, Phil, introduce yourself. What up, everybody? It's Phil's Figs, your favorite plant parent as well as regular parent. When I do my best to juggle parenting and plants back on the podcast not only is phil the fig daddy tonight he is the soil daddy he sent me a video how many yards of compost did you get delivered today um 10 10 cubic oh. yards <laughs> he showed he, I, I could see the tarp and the truck backing up into his front yard and i was like that's gonna i was like if my hoa would allow me to do that i would get that once like once or twice a year of my life so much easier because I hate oh packing in soil so much. Shout uh, out to Wilmington Compost Company for hooking me up. Absolutely, dude. That is, we'll get into that. I, we'll, we'll get into uh, bag compost versus delivery. And we got a very special first time guest. Uh, is, it, is it Kim or Kimberly? How do you prefer? I prefer Kimberly. Kimberly, okay. Yes. Kimberly. Kimberly, Kimberly Mayer. And she is actually my county ag extension agent. Yeah. She, works, she works for me. I'm Brazoria County. That's right. So I served Destin. <laughs> I, I, I was like, you know, I, it's probably a good idea that I make really good friends with my ag extension agent. Uh, but since so many of my listeners are from the Houston area and my area here in Missouri County, I figured we need to get her on and see what's got what she's got growing on right now. Yay. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Um, like Dustin said, I am the, I'm your uh, Brazoria County uh, horticulture agent. Um, still fairly new, been uh, at this job for a little over a year and a half. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to be here and, uh, and participate. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you, you originally, the Master Gardeners have reached out to me about doing a class. And then I had commented on the junior master gardeners classes. You posted the pictures; and it looked like so much fun. It it really is. I I am I am that that program is really near and dear to my heart. So my background is is education. I was an elementary school teacher, and so um, being able to um, to teach adults about gardening and all things horticulture is one thing. I felt like in Brazoria County, we were doing a really great job of that. Um, but one of my goals was to be able to reach the youth of Brazoria County with, um, with gardening, and the Junior Master Gardener Program is the way to do that. Um, we are actually really blessed to have uh, an amazing partnership with Harvest for the Hungry. Yes. Um, if you know, if you're not from Brazoria County, Harvest for, for the Hungry is a nonprofit organization um, in Freeport, so still in Brazoria County. They are doing phenomenal things for people that one, wanna learn about gardening and, and farming and, and beginning that whole journey, um, as well as pro providing food for those that may face food insecurity. So yes. phenomenal uh, partnership that yeah. we have with them. So we're able to host those junior master gardener classes out at Harvest for the Hungry um, and uh, teach teach these kids uh, a, a little bit of everything. That that curriculum is um, is pretty intensive. It's it's several classes. Uh, it'll it's going to take us a little over a year to get it all done. But once the kids are 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 through with that program, it's kind of similar to the Master Gardener program. We you know we certify them as a Junior Master Gardener. We um, give them a little certificate and so forth. Um, but you know we're we're able to have you know fun interactive lessons. Uh, there at, at Harvest for the Hungry, and because Harvest for the Hungry uh, is able to, is a nonprofit and able to receive um, grants and funding, yeah. they have built a phenomenal children's garden right yeah. behind their education building, and so um, we're we're out there the first and uh, third Saturday of the month uh, at nine thirty. It's completely free. It's open to everybody, um, and it's a really great way for us to reach um, kiddos in Brazoria County and teach them, teach them a little gardening tip. Absolutely. Well, yeah, so absolutely. if, if y'all are interested in seeing what Harvest the Hungry looks like, I did a, a farm tour probably two years ago or so. Um, this is an awesome place, uh, Phil. 
they got a giant lake where they're, they've got it stocked. So you can go out there and fish and like oh. fish and, and do whatever you want. Um, and when I went out there, they weren't building the big house yet. They just had the red barn, but they had, uh, I don't know if they still have this or not, but they have like an indoor honey uh, beehive where the you can actually see the hives behind like plexiglass or whatever. And they come in through a tube in the side of the building. Oh, it, that's really, it really cool. Yeah, it really is cool. The kids love it. So yeah, they've got, I think you call it an apiary. Is that mm -hmm. the right yes. term? Uh, yes. They've also got chickens. They have um, uh, an orchard with, I think they've got apple trees. They may have added onto it since then. They've got greenhouses. They have um, row gardening, the children's garden that I talked about, um, big old compost pile. <laughs> uh, and like and like Dustin said that they're um, I think it's like a 20 acre huge. pond lake that's stocked with fish. Um, so they're able to, you know, have people come in fish. Um, uh, they sell the honey that the bees make. Um, they donate and, and give yes. away the produce that they grow. Uh, so it's really it's a phenomenal organization. We're, we're glad to partner with them. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. a good place. And and uh, the guy who runs it, uh, I forget his name. Uh, David Wang. Yes, and he he's a. When, when I met him, he was a he's a doctor at the VA hospital, yes. which is really awesome, and he's a it's a he's a pastor as well. Yes. And I was like, that's. And yes. I don't know I don't know where he finds the time. I don't either. It's, <laughs> I don't either. It's crazy. And he's got two beautiful little girls, and I believe they have another one on the way. If I. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, where he finds, I don't know, where he find time, finds time to, yeah. to sleep, much less run all these other. Well, other that, that, that's, what, that's, that's what I asked him. He was giving me a tour on the little Kubota driving on the property. And he was showing me all the, all the trees. And he's like, yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm a doctor. And I'm like, and you run this, like, huge yes. like, farm? That's, it's insane. So if, yes. if, you, if you love what you're doing, you never work a day in your life, though. So, I mean. Yes. That sounds yes. like he lives very intentionally. Like everything yes. he yes. does, he does full heartedly. Yes, yes, definitely. Now, you know, he they do have, I think, a, a full time, I guess what you would call farmer out there that, you know, does a little bit of the 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 legwork and then um uh, Risha Broom and is the one that kind of runs the the education building and the indoor yeah. um, classroom and things like that. So he does have a little bit of help, but um, it's overall, mostly master gardeners though. Right. And the, and like the boy scout groups and stuff like that. Right. Yes. They, boy, they have their, their finger on the pulse of Brazoria County and they, um, you know, the, in Brazoria County, of course, we have all the different plants like, you know, Dow and mm -hmm. Olin and, and so forth. But so all those big organizations um, come in yeah. and volunteer their time out there um, whether it's, and they do the, they do the tough stuff. They're pulling weeds and, um, putting together raised beds. And, um, she had several different organizations construct that children's garden, um, out there. Cause it was, it's, it's a lot, it was a lot of work. So they definitely, um, uh, are not lacking in, in volunteers. That's for sure. No, that that's, that's awesome. Um, guys, if you're watching on Facebook right now, feel free to drop any gardening question, fig question. Um, I had a lot of people, I've been posting a lot of tomato videos right now. They're from last year and people are thinking that I'm already putting tomatoes in the ground and I'm trying to tell them like, no, I'm just trying to give y'all tips and get y'all ready for spring. But people are like coming at me. And I, since, since we're, we're talking about master gardeners and everything, I, I, I've always been, I, I've always, I've had, uh, I've had kind of, I don't know the, the run-ins with master gardeners sometimes they're a little standoffish because I don't, you know, me personally, I don't have any formal education. I'm not a master gardener. Um, and I was looking at the website and I didn't know how like time's time consuming getting them. Like, can you, can you walk us through like what it takes, like what is a master gardener and what it takes to become one? Oh yeah, absolutely. So the master guard, so the Brazoria County master gardeners association is a nonprofit. So they're a volunteer organization. Um, they receive all of their training through AgriLife Extension. Um, and in turn, uh, for all that training that they receive, they volunteer for us, whether it be, um, you know, a junior master gardener program or other educational or outreach type events. Um, and so, for example, um, what do we have um, coming up here? The plant uh, sales on Saturday. 
yes, the veggie seedling sale. So I'll be, I'll be they, there. Good. Mm-hmm. Yay. So they will be there. Um, you know, that's a, that's a fundraiser for them so that um, they can incur funds to be able to put on additional uh, educational events, which where is really what AgriLife Extension is all about is, is extending um, our knowledge, extending the, you know, the University of Texas A&M, bringing the university to the people is, is really what Extension is all about. And so currently right now, we actually have our 2024 intern program going full swing. We just uh, completed week five of our intern class. And so right now we've got 21 interns they uh, have to complete 50 hours of continuing education, which we provide to them through our weekly classes. We meet once a week, every Thursday from about 8.30 to 3.30. Uh, we meet out at our demonstration gardens in Angleton. Um, in addition to those 50 education hours, they also have to um, have 50 volunteer hours. And so um, we and we provide plenty of opportunities for oh, yeah. them to do that as well. Uh, they can uh, work in our demonstration gardens. Uh, we have several different um, gardens throughout the area that they can work in alongside a master gardener. And then we kind of planned it out pretty well so that when we have when the master gardeners have their fruit and citrus tree sale, we've got interns ready uh, to help us with that tree sale and they're they're volunteering. So it's another great way for them to get their hours. Uh, Of course, the veggie seedling sale is coming up this Saturday uh, and then we'll also have a plant sale on March 9th, um, which is another opportunity for them to help. A volunteer. So we offer lots of different ways for them to get their, those hours once they have all of that. And and we uh, we explain all this to them before they before they sign on. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a it is a, a time commitment. It's it's quite a few hours. Yeah. Once they become certified, um, then the following year, in order to stay certified, they need. Um, 10 education, continuing education hours and 20 volunteer hours just to stay certified and make sure they're, uh, they're still interested. So it's, oh. it's a lot, but, um, yeah, it sounds like it's very, me, it's, it's a commitment. It, it is, it is a commitment. And I, I just have to brag on them. The Brazoria County master gardeners make my job so easy because part of my job is to oversee them. Uh, But they are a really great group of dedicated, hardworking people. I I couldn't have asked for a better group. They've, um, you know, everybody has their little niche and their area where they're kind of an expert at. And when you bring all that knowledge together, you know, it it makes us, you know, um, a, a powerful organization to be able to to go out to all these different places in the county and and share a little bit about what we know with people so no, that's fan- i'm proud of them no, that's fantastic yeah. I, I i i get in the comments sometimes where i'll i'll it's usually not the master gardener people that come at me it's usually the uh it's usually the native the native plant people that come after Uh-oh. me but i have had a couple of interactions with some master gardeners Uh-oh. And, and, and well i mean i think i think sometimes like with gardening um I know there's like a, a curriculum and the way things are taught. I, I always try to tell people like there's, there's not like a hundred percent, like nothing is a hundred percent correct the way, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to work a hundred percent for one person, the way it works for someone else. You know, it's never going to be a, the exact way it needs to be. Like it's, it's a lot of ways to play with it. You know, a lot, when you're planting tomatoes or peppers, you know, one interaction I had last year, someone was, very upset with me for using the tomato cages with tomatoes. They were calling them pepper cages and they were saying, oh. you, you can't use tomato cages with tomatoes. Those are pepper cages. They don't work. And so that just made me want to use them more, <laughs> you know, just to prove them wrong, you know, and it's just, I, I get in situations like that. I, I got to stay out of the comment <laughs> section. I really, I really do. Yes. Yeah, so that's probably your best bet. And, you know, I guess I could say, um, from from their perspective, what master gardeners are taught is to, um, you know, when they're answering questions um, from the public or doing research on on something that they're interested in, to uh, you know, not just Google or the you know a, a random fact or use right. Pinterest or what have you, but really to try and use um, AgriLife Extension yes. procedures policies, just because you know it's scientific, it's research based. 
AgriLife Extension has been around for 110 years, something like that. Yeah. And so we do, um, you know, we do encourage them to uh, use for that sure. information and not just from Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, but there right. are, I'm sure that Phil, you, you probably, do you have a, an extension? Uh, we do. Like a, a land-grant university in North Carolina? Yep. Um, our extension is out through um, the Wilmington Arboretum is where their office is here okay. in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, and it's paired up with North Carolina State University as well. But we have oh, a lot of county representatives. Oh, yeah. NC, NC State, y'all's, y'all's land-grant university? Mm-hmm. And then okay. um, it's paired up. There's also North Carolina um, – oh, my gosh. I'm going to mess it up. But there's another ag school a- associated with it as well. Probably tar- the Tar Heels? But not UNC. UNC no. got its own thing. <laughs> no, that, that that was fascinating to learn about from from Kevin uh, with the land grant stuff like that. That's pretty wild. Uh, but no, what, from what you were saying, uh, at, uh, Kimberly. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Uh, Bikram was on um, the Plant Profit. He was telling us mm-hmm. that the you know rather than going like and even and I I've been guilty of it too. I've done videos where I've used Wikipedia as a reference, of course, um, but. I, I've even started to use more uh, educational web, like more, like you know, EDUs or you know, using more. And you can for, use for Google, Google Scholar as well. I that's mean, what that's it what was. graduate school. Yeah, if you use Google Scholar, then you get um, it's all cited scientific research papers, and so you can. Oh, it that's down that good way. to know. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, actually, we were just we were talking about this in in our class today. Of course, I don't, I don't know if y'all were affected by the national outage, but um, I kind of surprisingly had to, no, it was weird. Oh, yeah, okay. I kind of had to wing it today in class, and so we practiced just answering questions as a master gardener would um, answer because you know they're going to get questions, yes. you know, from neighbors in the grocery store, uh, at church, and at events, and so it was important to um, make sure that they understood how to how to find the answers to those questions that they get asked. And so that, I'm going to use that Google Scholar. I'll have to share that with them. But yeah, I encourage them to, you know, add extension or EDU into their search and not yeah. just use some random I th- blog. And with Google Scholar too, if not all papers are free, you would have to have a subscription. Oh. So if you have okay. any hookup through a professor, like, I don't know, Vikram, can you get us yeah. that publication? <laughs> and yeah. Um, Otherwise, I mean, you still have access to the abstract, and I'm only saying this because right. I used Google Scholar a lot in graduate school. But um, Phil, Phil, but Phil's, yeah. a, Phil's a college-educated person like you, uh, unlike me. So he, uh, whenever you said earlier that we were talking before you came on, Phil, about how many agents they had at their extension, and they actually have a, a marine agent because we're so close to the water. And I was like, oh, Phil loves that marine stuff. He loves that. <laughs> I mean, I do that for work. I work with uh, shellfish sanitation and recreational water quality here in uh, coastal North Carolina. And so I work well, with a so lot does, of those does, agencies. Does your area have like a coastal marine agent through extension that you know? I don't about? know if it's through the extension. Um, it would probably, I think it's housed within our Department of Environmental Quality. So, and, okay. and within that's Division of Marine Fisheries. And so like, I'm on that board with my coworkers where we go out and we designate where there's open shellfish harvesting areas for people to consume shellfish. And a lot of my GIS work is to help look at all the environmental waste streams of it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I wonder if there's, <laughs> there would ever be an opportunity to, to work with extension or in, in that capacity or I don't know. That's not Probably, my wheelhouse. There's a, there's a big push for, um, and this would be within marine fisheries here in coastal North Carolina. And when you mentioned Galveston, I assume that the Gulf has similar barrier island um, yeah. geomorphologies. But, like, uh, you would want to see how, like, um, natural uh, reefs are made from oyster reefs. You want to see how um, different coastlines and shelves are made based on the flora and fauna of the coastline. Um, kind of like native species in the woods and also dune reconstruction. There's a lot of plants that go into managing dunes to prevent coastal erosion. So plants serve a big purpose there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is that, is that what they say? Stay out of the dunes? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because of the erosion for sure. And then there's a lot, I mean, you think of all the root systems of sea oats and then there's about five or six other species that all interweave into that dune to help tie it down. And they're excellent buffers from hurricanes, but they also um, keep the, the island from moving quite as fast as well. 
I, I, I always thought it was uh, because there were snakes. My dad used to always tell me there were snakes back there. That's why you should go. <laughs> down where you guys are, in probably Florida, there's pygmy rattlesnakes down there. So they yeah. mess you up. So. I, I'm, I'm sure there are snakes. I guess it's, yeah, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, you, you, Tangential you, flight, sorry, but yeah. <laughs> you, you, you'll probably come, if you ever come down to our beach, you'll just look out there and cry. And then you'll be like, yeah, it's, you're, I, well, I've, seen, I've seen the beaches of North Carolina. They're very pretty. They're, They're beautiful here. Yeah, I love just, where we are. We have beautiful, clear blue water uh, here in Onslow Bay area. So, yeah, we've got beautiful brown water here. Very beautiful Denver. brown water. <laughs> we have the, we have this super tall bridge going from like uh, not towards Galveston, but from like Freeport, where all the refineries are, you know, into like where it's like a beach area. And when you go at the very top, if you look out really, really far, it's kind of blue. Kind of. There you go. But, but then it's really brown and nasty. So you have yeah. nutrient-rich water. Yes. <laughs> brown. Yeah. Brown is a color too. So yeah. Well, yes. well, we have a lot of uh, waterways too, like freshwater. You know, that kind of murks it. Makes it pretty murky as well. The for all the freshwater mm -hmm. and everything coming together. So, yeah. But I'm not a, a geologist or a, or a, a aqua conservationist like you, sir. Uh, I. <laughs> Use a lot of big words. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, but thank you for doing that because that is is so important, you know, to our to our seas and oh, oceans. Oh yeah. So, he's he, he 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 has a. Uh, if anyone wants to find uh, Phil's figs, also has a separate page where he surfs. Uh, yeah, I'm a big a, surfer. Phil's a surfer man, so he's got a separate page where he shows off the bod and everything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so go find. You know, that. I competed. Compete in the local longboard circuit here in North Carolina and made it to uh, Eastern. So that was pretty cool of me. And then a few, a few sponsors there, but. You, you don't think, you don't think of surfing in, in North Carolina. I, I, I just doesn't, doesn't make sense. Uh, but uh, I, I wanted to talk to Kim, Kimberly brought up uh, strawberries earlier. Do y'all grow strawberries in, in North Carolina at all? Do y'all grow them? You know it. Oh yeah. Do, do y'all. Okay. It's got. Is it have to do with like the the mountains, like the mountain soil? And that sounds dumb, but like the and it does not. It, that does not sound dumb at all. Um, <laughs> well, you mentioned like the erosion of like the good soil, like the acidic soil or whatever from or the mountain. It's just the erosion of soil over time. The fun fact: the um, the Appalachians used to be the tallest mountain range in the world back during you know, the Triassic, Jurassic, like Mesozoic era, and they've slowly been breaking down over time, right? And as mountain ranges break down, they erode over millions and millions of years. And all that nice igneous rock that breaks down over time uh, makes its way to the coast and the plains and the Piedmont region. Uh, but the entire state is great for strawberries. We have um, well-draining soil here. And where we are on the coast, it ripens first. And as we go inland where it gets cooler and cooler climates as okay. your growing zones get colder, because I'm eight B and you can work your way all the way up to six a up in the Appalachians when you hit the border of Tennessee. And you probably, I don't, there might be a five B up there. It gets cold. They're ski resorts. Um, <laughs> so the, the so ripening, the, that's your ripening order. Me, I'll say so the, the, inland. The, the later into the year you get, the further you got to go for, for pick your own strawberries. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Kimberly was talking about a, a trial they're doing across a couple of counties, right? You said, you know, what, what were the varieties you were talking about? The varieties. You were... So we're doing just a simple variety trial. Um, we're doing Camarosa, Chandler, Ruby, June, and Sweet Charlie. And I've so, never heard of any of those. No, no, I haven't heard of any of those. Oh, really? Well, good. Maybe my maybe my data will come in handy at, at some point. <laughs> there you but go. Yes. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, so as an extension agent, we are responsible for doing at least two demonstration trials uh, per year. And so the strawberries are one of my demonstration trials. And I was able to, um, to finagle some of my fellow horticulture agents to join in with me. And so um, Brazos County, Galveston, Fort Bend, and two places in Harris County um, are all part of this multi-county multi uh, trial. And so, like I said, it's just a simple variety trial. Each, uh, we've got three of each varieties that we've planted. I believe everybody's doing it in the ground. Um, and we're just keeping track of, you know, how many uh, berries per, you know, per plant and, and weighing them, keeping track of that data. And then um, hopefully everybody will turn in their data to me and I'll compile it and I'll, um, 
of course, turn that into to my bosses, but um, hopefully also share it um, at the Strawberry Jamboree that I was uh, talking to Destin about earlier. Oh, absolutely. So it's, no, it's uh, neat. Is how many plants? Did you, how many plants did they? Did everybody was there a minimum per per uh, trial? Like how many plants in total? Yeah, did so need? we're just it's twelve. We've got um, three okay. of each variety. So each um, each demonstration trial has twelve plants. Very manageable, very doable. We're um, like I said, we're doing them in the ground at our demonstration gardens here in Angleton. And actually, my master gardeners were so interested. I have a handful of them who are um, doing the same thing at home and collecting, you know, growing those strawberries and collecting the data for me as well. So I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what everybody uh, comes up with and which which varieties do best. Now, I will say yeah. that um, so. Justin, you're probably familiar with. Are you friends with? You're probably friends with Tyler Froberg. At yeah, yeah, Froberg they grow farms. They so grow about he, a million strawberries every year. I was yes. going to say they have a million. Yes, yeah. um, yes. Compared to my little my little patch of twelve. I say you should have gone over there and done a trial in his field. Yes, exactly. Um, but he came and spoke at our strawberry jamboree. Yeah. Um, and we actually had so we actually had strawberry plugs available at that time for pre order, and so Tyler gets up to speak and he says, "Well, of those." Right, is it you've got? Um, we really like Camarosa, and so which strawberry plug? Camarosa, the most Camarosa. Yeah, those went quick. So everybody, um, everybody really enjoyed listening to Tyler and hear about their pick your own farm and uh, neat place, neat guy. Oh, absolutely. I yeah, have questions I, now. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, these different places that I don't know where they are in Texas um, that all it's got a, strawberries. It's, it's like a, it's just the south part, like kind of yeah, the Gulf Coast. All, yeah, just okay, around so the, just, south, south of Houston. Do they? So they all have similar growing conditions, similar soil and um, weather. Some are some are closer to the ocean, and then some of them are a little more further out. And it's all pretty swampy, like not not Clay, the best. Yeah, soil. not the best soil. Not not like the best soil. Because what I learned about Texas is because it's so big, these places can have drastically, drastically different oh, yes. climates, especially when we have like Vikram or. <laughs> oh, Lu yeah. L Lubbock is like a whole nother country, dude. I mean, yes. just from like south of Houston, going to yeah. north of Houston, you're talking about like the coastal plains to like the piney woods almost already. Like it's and right. then you go you go west and you're in the hill country. I mean, Houston, right. Houston alone is is insane. There's like four or five, six microclimates. Yes. Oh, God. So, and so I will, I, I guess, so I can share like in Lubbock, um, we've got doc, uh, Dr. Russ Wallace. He's an AgriLife Extension um, researcher who does um, research on strawberries and, and strawberry trials in the Lubbock area. Uh, he mm. actually came down and um, spoke at our strawberry jamboree last year. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to hear um, it's, and I guess it was surprising to me to know that they could grow strawberries in that Lubbock, that dry uh, area. So, but he's doing it and and getting lots yeah. of uh, data on it. So that's and it yeah. just goes to show you there that you, you know all over Texas you can grow you know different things depending on where you're at and depending on the strawberry maybe too. Yes, the um, varieties. Variety. Yeah, absolutely. And then the uh, and then the other thing too is like, is this like a are you doing one year trials with your data collection? Or are you doing is this year over year as the as the as the strawberries get more mature and grow and and root? So no, it'll it'll just be this year. So technically, mm -hmm. in in Texas, um, we grow at, at least in Brazoria counties how we take it. We we grow them as an annual. Yeah. Um, it's just you know by by the first part of May, it's just way too hot. Um, uh, for strawberries to to do well, so we just grow them as an annual. Um, so yeah, it'll just be you know kind of a one one season type of trial, and um, well, I'll, I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do next, but um, I'm open to open to ideas. Maybe well, uh, so. So I've always heard people talking about leaving the strawberry crowns in the ground, uh, and I I've always end up pulling up. What I've done over the last couple of years is I've done them in hanging baskets, so I can leave them out in full sun during the spring, and then I put them under my shade cloth, almost in hardly any sun or filtered sun in the morning. Uh, you know, and then I I'll get strawberries up until like July. You know, but you got to keep them well watered and you got to keep them in the shade. Uh, but so what would so I, I, what is the process if you leave them in the ground Do you just mulch over them and leave them covered up until next 
Like, what is that? I process? guess that's Texas specific too, because in the Northeast we don't do anything. They just you stay leave them on the ground. Yeah. yeah, and then but when I lived up there, and then North Carolina, we keep them as well. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. So I would, um, I, you know, I guess you 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 certainly could mulch them. I I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. If um, I wonder, do you know what 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 Frobergs does? Do they? Do, I think they. I think pretty sure they. Pull them up and if I had to guess that they do a lot of annuals and determinative varieties. So if I had to guess they're pulling theirs up. Um they're getting a lot of bang for their buck and then they're pulling yeah. those those things up. Because yeah. I mean the for, for a lot of people it's real estate. I mean you gotta sure. think about where you gotta you know keep I mean, they got like what a couple hundred acres out there, you know, yeah. like <laughs> having just, just strawberry, you know, strawberry crowns sitting there for nine months yeah. out of the year. I mean, can't do anything with that. Uh so, yeah, I, don't, I, I guess there most people probably do use them as an annual. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's probably the, the best way to go is just to, to grow them as an annual and, and start over. I mean, um, when we, you know, when you, uh, you have to like pre-order your strawberry plugs like in May yeah. to get them, you know, delivered or, or ready in the first part of October. And really they're, um, you know, they're about a, a dollar a piece, a dollar per plug-ish. Not, you know? You're not breaking the bank, yeah. No. Yeah. So it's it's almost kind of just, you know, we're, I think worth your worth your money, worth your time just to pull them up and and use that use that uh, valuable space for something else. So so uh, are you in, are you in charge of the master gardeners or like or do you just teach the classes and coordinate stuff or how does that work? Yes. Yes to all of the above. Yes. So <laughs> my job as the horticulture agent is to oversee and advise the master gardeners. Um, so, you know, whether it be, um, you know, the intern class, I don't, I don't teach every single class, um, but I do kind of squeeze in a couple classes here and there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's also my responsibility to provide educational quality, educational programming for the residents of Brazoria County. So, for example, um, there's kind of this saying with extension that we the thing that we get the most calls and, and emails about are trees, turf, and tomatoes. That's, I don't know if yep, I know that. mentioned that or not, but that's kind oh, of yeah. the big three. And so this year, um, I've got a series of um, six different classes that um, teach you... There's two different classes on trees, two different ones on tomatoes, and two different classes on turf. And so that's just kind of my job is to bring those um, programs to the public, offer them to the public. Uh, again, sometimes I teach them. Sometimes I've got a, a master gardener who's got advanced training in a particular field, and they'll okay. teach it. And then we also have um, extension specialists who um, can sometimes come down in person and teach the class. We can do it virtually as well. So, oh, that's not bad. That's kind of that's kind of my um, my my wheelhouse. I'm getting some questions in here. I, I someone was asking about the strawberries and hanging baskets. I kind of answered that one. Um, uh, Rhonda Daigle, uh, not having luck growing vegetables from seed. Any tips? I, I guess we can all give a tip, you know, for growing your seeds. I'll, I'll let you go first, Kimberly, and give like one one tip for growing them from seed. So I guess it's um, hard for me. To, uh, is she? I guess it's hard to know. She's not specifically from Brazoria County, do we? This could know, be anybody. From anybody. Um, I, I don't know. You know what? Every, everybody is probably going to have their own great tip. I I would say just don't give up. Keep trying. Yeah. Um, failure is is part of it. Uh, you know, everybody has their own. Um, certain way of, of doing things. Um, she can definitely reach out to her local county extension agent and ask um, as well. But I would say just, you know, keep trying. Don't don't give up. You you may have a seed tray that um, just doesn't germinate for you for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, try, try again. I know that um, uh, I hear Skip Richter from Garden Line talking a bunch and, and he says, you know, nobody has a, a brown thumb. They just, they That's have not an true. Uninformed, they have That's an not true. <laughs> they just have an That's uninformed not... thumb. Um, and so, you know, reach out to your county extension agent. Um, you know, go on to, um, at least if, if they're in Texas, you can go on to aggiehorticulture.com. There are a ton of publications on. Uh, oh, she's in spring. She's in spring. Oh. Perfect. So uh, if that's still in Harris County, 
Um, so yeah, she's she's close. So she can definitely go on to um, Aggie Horticulture. There's a fruit and nut resources um, page there. And okay. they have got everything from tomatoes to peppers to onions, you name it. And um, she can download that publication and give uh, give her lots of great information. So don't give up. Yeah. Well, and, and to that, you know, a lot of people will plant just one seed. Like I never, if, if I want, you know, if I want like, you know, two early girl tomatoes, I am not planting two early girl tomato seeds. I'm planting a whole row of them, like 12, 10 to 12 hoping that at least two and I'll probably pick the two best ones and give the rest to my dad or my grandpa or whatever, you know? So that, that's definitely a factor. Like you were saying, don't give up and don't just, you know, just like if you prop, if you do a propagation, like a fig propagation, Phil, mm-hmm. are you ever oh just doing, gosh. are you ever just doing one propagation? No, dude, you're doing like <laughs> 50 of them to make it worth your time. Like it's right. It's, I think yeah. it's a numbers game. Every all seed starting propagation, just it's a numbers game statistics. If you're new at it, be nice to yourself. Yeah. Kindness goes a long way, oh, yeah. and yeah. you'll get get back on that horse if it doesn't germinate. And different things germinate at different times. Like 100%. just thinking about thinking about peppers versus oh, basil versus tomatoes, um, and even like uh, zucchinis. Like, and they they like the one piece of advice I would say: keep it wet and heat mat. If you can get a heat mat. That'll help you tons. That oh, has sure. been a game changer for me this year. Well, so my number one recommendation is if you have a greenhouse or somewhere with natural sun and natural heat, that is your game changer. So I mm-hmm. had a, yeah. I had a, I had a bunch of seeds started out in the in the garage under my grow lights. They're doing good. Uh, I kind of was running out of room in the garage. And they got tired of running the lamps, so I took a bunch of them outside that I had freshly sowed and. Being in the, the greenhouse is warm right now. It is real warm. And that natural sun, nothing is better than natural sun, like natural oh, sunlight. Yeah. Uh, you know, people talk to me. I've had people talk to me like in the summer, like, hey, how can I, what can I do with my grow lights? I'm like, dude, take all your plants outside and put them in the full sun. Like it, it's, it'll germinate your seeds. It'll get them growing, but nothing's better than the real thing. Um, so, but the heat lamp, the heat mats, if you, if you have to, they have been a game changer this year with a lot of really, my, I got desert roses right now and they germinated super fast with that, with, with the heat mats. And I took um, Ashley Thompson, the mocha gardener. I took her advice and I set my heat yes. mat to 83, 83 well, degrees has been a nice Goldilocks zone. Yes. Yes. And so if you, and this is the other thing she said that worked really well for me, got my tomatoes going. So she took the, the heat mat and then the bottom watering tray, she filled it with water and then put the seed starts in there. And so it, it's like a little jacuzzi. It's like a little jacuzzi. You don't want to leave in there for too long, you know, like maybe a day because you'll start to have like fungal issues, you know, like maybe like rotate your trays, you know, like this one's going to get water, you know, but uh, that really, the warm water really helped them germinate fast too. Yeah. Um, heat mats sure speed up peppers. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Kimberly. So last week we talked to Phil and he does a lot of, he spills figs. So he does a lot of fig propagations. Um, And the one thing like when I'm doing a fig propagation video or any kind of propagation video is to tell him, Hey, make sure the cutting goes in right side up because the leaves are not going to grow underground. Well, Phil was doing a lot of cuttings one day and he put in a fig cutting upside down. And what happened, Phil? Some of us have busy lives, but <laughs> I did plant one upside down, and guess what started growing upside down? The fig grew but upside it, down. <laughs> it, but it started to wrap around. Bad news, it died and oh, because the man. cap didn't put out any roots. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, there's no roots here. Oh. Um, so I'm bummed. But it's a Smith fig. I've always had a little frustration with Smith fig cuttings. Uh, they, they can be a little bit of a diva. Uh, to work with but um yeah yeah that, that was that, frustrating that was the question hey phil how's the upside down figure oh. <laughs> yeah i saw it and i went to respond and my it, it doubled it put me into the live feed here but uh yeah i put a sad emoji it's toast um my plan is to plant another one upside down and we're going to make this work you should there do you it a, you should grow in a Don't hanging basket <laughs> hey kimberly in a hanging basket you might be the right person to facilitate to facilitate this Somebody recommended that we do a 
like a Houston fig fest, like in October, like Figtoberfest. And since you have access, we, 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 we could, we could run it around like propagating figs. And like, that's usually a time when you're getting quite a bit of ripe figs as well. And my buddy, the, our, our buddy, the fig hunter in California mm-hmm. does the fig fest in the fall. And they like do taste testing where people bring in their figs and like judge the best fig. So, Phil wants to come in in October. <laughs> Which is, and it, this is like really important because figs can have a range of flavors, right? Yeah. And so it's 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 one of the biggest sleeper fruits in, that known to, despite being through all generations and in, in societies. But yes, I'm pitching myself right now. I I <laughs> love that idea. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's do it. Cool. In fact, um, so Destin and I were talking just briefly before we started. So the Galveston County Horticulture Agent, Stephen Brugerhoff, um, is a big fig guy. So we can definitely um, get him involved. Um, and, you know, if we want to, uh, you know, make it, you know, really big countywide, we can definitely oh, yeah. um, talk to the other um, horticulture agents in Fort Bend County and um, Harris County as well. I, I love that idea. I, that is, I'm all about that. That is what, um, that's part of my job is to teach people yeah. about this. So if we can bring the people together to make it happen, absolutely. I love it. I've, yeah, I've, got, I've got a bunch of requests. So I've, I've been telling, you know, everybody, and you probably get a million calls every time it freezes, yes. you know, Hey, my lemon tree, um, I left it out during the freeze and all the leaves fell off and it's growing back but it's growing back real low and you know, you just got to tell them like that's trifoliate. Your citrus is dead. Uh, and no, it's not, I mean, it's not dead. I mean, you could, you know, Ill- illegally graft another piece on for something else, but you can't. Uh, but you know, uh, so that's why I've been kind of telling people, Hey, let's get into pomegranates. Let's get into figs. Let's get into apples. Some of the stuff that grows in the cold that can handle the freeze can handle the drought. You know, last, last year it didn't rain for three months here in like our area, you know, and the figs kept producing, couldn't stop the figs from producing. So, I mean, uh, that has been like me, me and fig, me and Phil, me, I, I call we can talk fig. figs all day. Dude, we, we, we're, we're both, uh, he's the Johnny Appleseed of figs in North Carolina. We got one in California. He's crazy. Um, and then and the fig hunter is a nut job. We love him, but he's, he's, he's nuts. Um, but yeah, no, we, we'll, we'll do an email chain. We'll, we'll get everything going yeah. with that. Um, Absolutely. We'll figure so, it out. Well, shut up. I had to, I had to. Thanks guys. I'm, I'm leaving now. I'll see you later. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's not, that sounds like a really good time. We could, we could figure that out. Um, yeah. So, what, what do y'all? I know y'all have the the, the veggie sale net this weekend. What 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 else? Do, what all do y'all have going on? Like with the master gardener and the uh, horticulture, the Missouri County horticultural extension. What do what all do you have going on? I know it's 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 a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Yes, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So this um, this coming Saturday, of course, we have the veggie seedling sale. Um, our master gardeners have been um, busy um, yeah, germinating seeds. I believe they have like. 18 or 1900 different seedlings. We've got um, tomatoes, uh, peppers, herbs, blue bonnets uh, that we're, we're excited about. Nice. Uh, Phil, if you, you probably know this already, but yeah, blue bonnets are the state flower of Texas. And so we're, we get a little excited about oh. blue bonnets around here. <laughs> well, so here, here's something I saw. I, I, despite people think I do like native plants and I do plant native plants in my house. And uh, one of the native people I found uh, or follow was talking about blue bonnets. You start from seed. Of course, you got to stratify them to get them to germinate. Uh, I planted seeds like in or like April one year, hoping they would come. And like one or two sprouted, but you got to put them in the freezer or you got to leave them out or you got to plant them in the fall. Uh, but they were saying that blue bonnets don't always flower the year you plant them. They were saying that a lot of times if you plant them, you want to plant new seeds every year so that it'd be like a succession because they don't always bloom that next year, the following year. Right. Right. Yeah. The, so yeah, the, the fall is the best time to plant any, you know, wildflowers. Basically you'll, you'll, um, any day now, you'll start to see them along the, the right of ways. Um, yeah. But yeah, when I think that, you know, some of the key um, points when you're, uh, when you're trying to sow blue bonnet seeds is one, um, 
I think you mentioned it. They they need um, you know a little bit of stratification, but they also need to be um, scarified as well. Yes. A lot of people um, you know take uh, uh, like oh gosh, um, usually like a nail file or like something like that. Nail file or uh, sand, sandpaper. I'm sorry, couldn't, yeah. <laughs> couldn't think of the word sandpaper. Um, some people even use like an acid to kind of soften that seed and, and crack that really? seed open they're 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 blue bonnets so you know they're they're texas tough uh but that's wow. really important and then getting like really good seed to soil contact um when you're kind of scattering those seeds out is important um but yeah they they should you know uh, you know come back for you each year um, but definitely continue to, to plant them as well so that you can have that, you know, you can take that picture of yourself in the field every of, year. Uh, on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Memorialize it. But yeah. yeah. And, and there's even, isn't there like a, a part of the Texas government that's in charge of like making sure the blue bonnet seeds are planted like so, on, along the highways? Yeah. So TxDOT, Texas Department of Transportation has, um, has a whole seeding program, um, I just, I've talked about this, but it's been a little while ago. Um, but yeah, they, they basically, um, you know, seed along the, along the right of ways, not just blue bonnets, but, uh, you know, Indian blankets, um, cone flowers, cone flowers and, things yeah. like that all along the, the, the right of ways up and down. Uh, there's, there's definitely some in Brazoria County, but definitely, you know, the Brazos and, um, other, other counties. And then, um, trying to think where that website is there's a there's a website out, out there that you can probably google pretty easily but it gives you like a, a driving tour through different parts of the state that tend to always have um oh really wildflowers going like there's you know the coastal bend area has a has a uh, um like i guess a, a map showing you the different routes that you can take so that you get the 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 best scenery as as you're driving through and uh, different parts of the state. I think they even offer like fun uh, restaurants and things that, along the way as well. But oh, that's, that's cool. kind of a, a neat thing. It's kind of a neat, you know, day trip to do. Look at the wildflowers. Cool. Yeah, th th there's a guy up by my uh, my, my in-laws house up in like Magnolia, Plantersville area, and his whole field every year is covered in blue bonnets. So what he does is he puts a sign up, says, "Hey, park here. Don't drive in." And you're feel free to go take as many pictures as you want. Just don't, you know, drive in and damage yeah. anything and don't come to the house. He's, I guess he was getting a lot of people knocking on his door saying, hey, can I take pictures out here in these blue bonnets in your field? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I mean, they they are beautiful. I mean, even even as you're, you know, going 70 miles an hour during, you know, driving down the highway, it's just um, so beautiful, um, you know, driving past them and seeing all the colors. It's neat. Yeah. And and I think I, I think that uh, the blue bonnet's the only lupine native to Texas as well. I think the lupines are usually native to like more mountainous regions like that. And it's it's a combination of a bunch of different varieties. But it, it, I, I I did some research. I was doing a video, and I probably Googled it and should have looked at a at a at a, a correct reference website. But it was saying like it was a combination of a bunch of different flowers, and it turned out they were like all the same species. There's just different varieties, and so there's different varieties throughout the state of Texas. Yeah. But they're all, oh. yeah, but they're all yeah, the same so, species. They're like subspecies. They're not even. They're just correct. Like different breeds. Yeah. Yes. And so actually, Texas A and M um, does some research and and breeding with those, and so there are some very highly coveted maroon blue bonnets for Texas A and M. I have yet to to get my hands on them, but my fingers are crossed. One day I will come across them, and then. Um, Phil, oh. Phil, Phil, you're from North Carolina, so you don't know this, but like people who go to A&M down here in Texas, like they get maroon cars, they get maroon hey dudes, like they get they, maroon it, blue bonnets. Oh, yeah, dude, like, it's yeah. so it's so bad, man. It's <laughs> yes. so bad. Yes, I, and I and I probably should have said howdy when I first yeah, got on. I assumed I said, another Texas, you know, Texas A&M tradition. Yeah, say howdy oh. to everybody. Howdy hospitality. So if I missed it, howdy. Are, are you, did you graduate from A&M? Because I, I found I found out not everybody who works for A&M went to A&M. I found that out the weird way. Uh, yeah, so uh, I graduated from Texas A&M University in Kingsville. Okay. Um, so we actually lived, um, in the Rio Grande Valley, um, before we moved up here to Brazoria County. So, uh, Kingsville was it for me. So 
yes. Gotcha. Technically, yes. Yeah, uh, Phil uh, Kingsville is is named after the King Ranch, and I I did some I, I do electrical work when I'm not growing you know in the garden, and so I spent some times down there. I drove past uh, A uh, and M Kingsville, and it was really nice. And it was it's a really nice uh, campus. Yeah, it's a, a great campus. Although um, not to bash Kingsville, but there is not much to do um, in that. It's not your typical college town. I will say that. That's all I'll no. say. Oh, I I don't know that I want. I I liked A and M because I got to go see Kevin, but it, just trying to park at the oh, university yeah. was a nightmare. Like Phil, I I I, par- I pulled into the parking lot and there's like numbers on. And I'm like, okay, where do I pay? And I found a campus security guard. I was like, hey man, I don't go to school here. I'm not a professor. I was like, where do I park? And he goes, well, you got to park all the way over there and walk. I was like, it's like 300 yards. Like it was really, really far. <laughs> like crossing like oh, five, no. six streets. And I'm like, I was like, dude, this is crazy. And luckily, Kevin, I called him and he said, oh, I got a reserved guest spot for you. And I was like, this is nuts. And Jeez. I, I saw all the kids riding around on scooters and stuff. And I was like, that makes sense. Cause I right. bet they, I bet they charge them for parking passes. Dude, they, they oh, oh everybody my, gets a number, right? Oh my I, was, God. I assume that's how it works. God, it makes much money off that stuff. Yes. Oh my God. And, and same for us too. Like if I were to go up, up to college station for like professional development or conference or something, uh, depending on where it is. Yeah. They've got a, you know, a, a, a have my uh, license plate number so that I don't get a ticket for parking, you know, where, where I should. And, and she's in an A&M owned like vehicle. Like it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. No, I I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I did not have great success with pepper germination this year. I'm not done. I'm not going to give up. I had some old seeds, you know, like a, a lot of feed stores. I had old seeds too. I did they, the same uh, thing. I had so many seeds from like a year or two ago that they're starting to pop through. I know they take longer, but I'm also not confident because I've had them for a few years. Dude, I, I was always the guy that I bought the seed organizer little thing that holds all my seeds in it. And I just dump them in there, write it down what it is and throw away the package. So I'd mix old seeds with new seeds. I didn't, you know, like people say there's not an expiration date for seeds. There a hundred percent is like every year, every year that they go their less and less germination rate and so I, I went to a feed store a couple years ago and i bought like they were going to throw the seeds out it's like where you go buy them like a scoop at a time out, like out of a coffee can and she has so many seeds like you're gonna throw those away and she goes yeah we're getting fresh ones in i was like how much do you want for like all those coffee cans i paid like 20 bucks you know for like a, wow. ma- a mountain of seeds what? I, was like, I was like oh I, and, they were, and they were like serranos and jalapenos i tried selling them this year and no, no dice. It's all about how you store them, though. Too. Vikram was saying that he stored some peppers in a freezer for a long, long time, and I think I think he said they're like seven or eight years old, and they did really well. He said they he said he had like a seventy five percent germination rate, but peppers do take the longest. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So here we were actually lucky. Uh, some of the local box stores actually um, d- donate their seeds. Yeah. Like we had boxes and boxes and boxes that um, the, our local Walmart gave to us. I'm, I'm assuming because it has an expiration date maybe on the package yeah. and for legal reasons, I guess they have to get rid of it. So that was kind of nice. We were able to share that with some local schools and at different programs. So oh, yeah. oh, good. Nice. No, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be buying some peppers on Saturday. I'm excited, uh, y'all. So y'all are gonna have tomatoes, peppers. I saw y'all are gonna have dill uh, and some other herbs and stuff like that as well. So I'm, yes. I'm excited to get some peppers and stuff like that this weekend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're excited to see you now, um, Destin. I didn't. I can't remember if I told you this or not, but I don't know if you realize um, what a big, uh, you know, famous rock star you are because. I was at the <laughs> Tomato Lovers Conference back in January when you spoke, and I uh, tried and tried and tried to get up and introduce myself and, and talk to you. But, Phil, this guy had 10-plus um, people waiting in line to talk to him and, and ask him questions. Oh, yeah, so, man. So, um, well, one, I'm, I'm excited to meet you, you know, here, whether, you know, just even though it's online, but even more excited to see you on Saturday at the seedling sale. I'll be honest. So at, at the tomato conference, 
Uh, I stayed the night in Brenham and I had a good time the night before. Brenham was a really nice, fun town. Um, but, uh, but I was really nervous because we were supposed to get a really hard freeze like the, the next morning. And I hadn't sealed up my whole greenhouse. And so I, I got there that morning. Jay White was yelling at me already. And uh, he, he told me to be there at nine. And I, I don't know. I was late, I guess. And so he bumped me. And then uh, I get there and like my wife's texts me and she's like, hey, uh, you know, it's supposed to get down to like 18 tomorrow or something like this. Or it's supposed to get really cold. And oh, I was no. like, crap. And I had a bunch of stuff. I, was, I, I, I put off and put off putting the top of my greenhouse this year so bad. Because uh, it Phil, around here in this part of Texas, you maybe need a greenhouse for two months out of the year, like oh yeah, like maybe six yeah. sixty days, and the rest of the time I take the top off, I take the walls off, just because the winds, the hurricanes and stuff, like and and plastic is not cheap, you know. So like right. if I can save it every year and not have to buy new stuff, you know. Uh, so yeah, I. I, I was in a rush, and so I, 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 my plan was to stick around to after lunch, and so I, I wanted to stay longer, but I was in a rush, so I'm, the, I'm sorry. The the real question, Destin, is did you have one of those fabulous Bloody Marys that they had at the Tomato Lovers Conference? I did not. So good. <laughs> I, I did not. If I'm being completely honest, anything with alcohol in it did not sound great that morning. No. Um, I, <laughs> When you I, mentioned I, I, like you had a lot of fun, I was like, yes. "Oh, I had a good time." Good. Oh man, I've got a whole like I videoed. So I videoed from the time I left my house to the time I got home, and most of it is unusable. I cannot <laughs> put the, I cannot put it on the internet. That's most of the footage. I cannot use it. Um, but no, I, I, I had a great time. Um, I, I I don't know what it is, and I, I I'm sure there's people out there that have the same issues that I do. Um, I had a heat stroke. Uh, probably about probably six or seven years ago, enough to where, enough to where I was working in the plants. Um, I had a heat stroke. It was probably like a hundred and something heat index and with bad humidity on the water, you know? And so I got took to like the plant hospital and they tried to put an IV in me and I was so dehydrated that my veins had collapsed. And in like my, my dystopia, my, you know, my stupor, I was like, they it wanted to take me to the hospital. And I was like, no, I don't want to have to, I was broke at the time. I was like, I don't want to pay for the hospital, the ambulance ride. Not knowing like, hey, dummy, they're going to pay for this. Just go to the hospital. So I sat there and waited it out. But ever since then, um, it doesn't have to be like me working outside very long, but I get uh, cramps really easily. Like I get like heat cramps really bad. And a lot of times when I'm doing these speaking engagements, my tongue will start cramping. So that morning at was one of those times uh, where I had to stop myself and like work my like my tongue out because I'll actually get like you know it'll start in my neck go to my tongue and then down my legs my back it's so wild and it doesn't have to be like oh, a hot so day fun. it can just be any time you know so it stinks but that was one of those mornings and I'm sure I was a little dehydrated so that didn't help uh, yeah. but uh, but yeah that was one of those mornings so but I, I had a great time with that conference it was really nice and. Um, the, the Q and a was awesome. And Kevin, Kevin Owen got me into, or got me out of some jams because, you know, when, when I go to these engagements, I just have fun. I just have fun. And I'm, I want to make people want to, to get into gardening because I'm having fun. They're having fun. It's fun. And so, uh, when I go to these things, most of the time I try to keep it like a Q and a, because that's just, if, if you go up there with a PowerPoint and just run through it, slide by slide by slide, it's boring. No one wants to be there. They, they think you're in school. You know, so I don't want to do that. I want to get it interactive and get people involved. And that's the best way. Just throw out questions. You know, hey, what's going on? What are you, what are you growing right now? You know, so yeah, absolutely. that was a good time. Well, um, I think we've got it planned. I think um, one of our master gardeners, I think, hopefully has reached out to you. Yes. Where you're actually set to come and speak at our general meeting, correct? And I will be there. I got March. my I got my dates. I I, start, I started booking dates oh. in o October last year, wow. so I, I will be there March fifteenth at the Master Brazoria County Master Gardeners. Um, and we're just gonna talk about spring gardening. And what's what's cool? I think y'all have y'all's fruit tree sale the next day. Um, actually, that's the fifteenth. Actually, it's not a fruit tree sale. It's my uh, tomato basil bash, which I would love. That's to. what. Would love well, to share about as well. Oh. Yes. Well, 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 before you do that, well, go ahead and tell me about that because I have our meetup, 
our first big meetup at Jorge's on the 16th. But, but tell me, I want to hear about the tomato bash. Yeah, so the um, tomato basil bash is happening March 16th. It's a Saturday. It'll be here at our AgriLife uh, Extension office. I believe I've set it for 9 to 12. So we'll have a couple of master gardeners um, speaking about basil, how to grow basil, how to propagate it, things like that, the history of basil. Um, got a couple of master gardeners talking about just um, tomatoes 101. So, you know, for your um, beginner awesome. gardeners, it's great information. And then um, virtually we'll have uh, Dr. Joe Masabni from um, AgriLife Extension. He's a research specialist in uh, vegetables. He's done a lot of tomato research. And so he'll be speaking as well. And then we'll, I've got some really fun giveaways and door prizes from um, Nelson, uh, Nelson's Food and yep. uh, Medina Ag are, are both donating some really great door prizes. And then um, I, I'm stealing the idea from the Tomato Lovers Conference. We're going to have, um, you know, Bloody Marys and some fun, you know, tomato basil bites. I think we'll do like um, like a margarita pizza bites and things like that. So it'll be it'll be a, a Phil good might time. fly in for this. Come on yeah, down. It's we, tempting. Yeah, it's tempting. We'd love to have you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there is a small fee for it, uh, but people can uh, register for it on our uh, on our county websites. Uh, and we would love to have you. I still have um, still have some tickets available. So I thought it, it's kind of a, a actually I should give credit where credit is due. This is actually my husband's idea. He is a huge basil fan. Um, and I know that I needed to teach about uh, tomatoes, so he actually came up with this. So kudos to him. Ho- ho- hopefully, it oh, goes. Kudos so to well. him. Yeah, yeah. Basil is something so cool that people can grow, and it's so low maintenance. A lot of the so t- a lot of the Thai basil. I went, went so I, I do a lot of work with Vigo Gardens, the metal raised bed company, and they had like two or three different beds with different varieties of like heat tolerant basil, and it was blooming and flowering and the bees and the butterflies were going crazy and you can still harvest it for like pesto or whatever. And it's, it's just, it's probably tastes a little more bitter out in the full heat, uh, but I think those Thai varieties are actually okay. Out, but, um, but yeah, just as a pollinator plant alone, I mean, it does really well, like for the bees and everything I've, I've been focusing, I'm going to focus a lot on pollinators, native pollinators as well um, this year um, to get the native people off my butt. <laughs> they're, all, they're always on me dude I, I posted a picture of, I don't know if it was today or yesterday it was my big raised bed with the vitex tree in the middle and my uh, and my squash on the side and someone's comment I, I had several comments that go is that a vitex and I just did, I was like not even responded uh, Phil a vitex it's not invasive here in the Houston area uh, but it has become a noxious weed like in the hill country and so oh, people that's... people come have come at me for the vitex Oh, yeah. be careful. Yeah. So I, it's my post it. Just don't respond. Stay out of the comment section. <laughs> don't feed the animals. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on for an hour. I mean, I really appreciate Kimberly. I'm, I'm going to meet you. Are you going to be there on Saturday? Yes. I'll okay. be there. Awesome. You can finally I'll, meet in person. Absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I was swamped at that. The, if, to be fair, busy. I was swamped at the tomato conference. Rockstar. <laughs> Taking handing out stickers and signing well, autographs, all that good stuff. I've got a fresh order of stickers that came in to, uh, to begin tomorrow, so I will have Perfect. plenty to hand out there. Uh, and I'll, I'll bring my camera in, and we'll vlog the whole thing as well. Perfect. Uh, Phil, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, let them know about what cuttings you got available and all that stuff. What you got coming on? You guys, I only have a few cuttings left on philsfigs.com, but you guys can reach me at all the social medias, and you can reach me at philsfigs.com. No, I'm not on TikTok yet. I need to get on it. And then stay tuned. Phil's Fig Fridays. I try to get that out on Saturday morning so I can film on Friday. And uh, we cover all the aspects of growing a fig tree in your yard. Dude, if you're going to call it Phil's Fig Friday, you got to film it on Thursday and post it on Friday. Okay? Maybe. (laughs) I think (laughs) you can't call it Phil's Fig Friday and post it Saturday morning. That's not how it works, dude. It's... (laughs) At oh Phil's Figs, we accept Fridays on Saturdays sometimes. Yeah. 
you're in a different time zone. They don't know. Uh, and you got merch. You got merch available now too, right? Shirts and everything. I do. I got shirts on there. It's. I spent a lot of time with those shirts, and I'm really stoked on how they came out. So go and grab some swag. I do have a white one, but all the gardeners prefer the darker ones, so you don't get dirt stains. I take them as badges of honor. So if you have a white shirt, go ahead and put some dirt stains on there. Absolutely. If I wear a light colored shirt, all the stains are right here on my belly. So I, it's, it's just right there. <laughs> all right, Miss Kimberly, let everybody know where they can find you. And uh, you just talked about some events coming up, uh, but remind them about Saturday. Yes, absolutely. So um, I've got uh, Brazoria County Horticulture is on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we've also got our county website. Uh, it's brazoria.agrolife.org. Uh, lots of great information there as well. Veggie seedling is happening this Saturday out at our demonstration gardens from eight to noon. Get there early because they almost always sell out. Um, and then shortly after that, March 9th is our plant sale. Dustin, you come to that. I know that they've got some native plants there that you can, yes. <laughs> you can purchase. And that's actually the day after my birthday, so I can really do some damage. There you go. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, of course, that, um, uh, that uh, tomato basil bash happening March 16th here at the AgriLife office. You can register for that um, online from our website. So Absolutely. And anywhere in Texas, I always tell people, they, they ask me, hey, when do I plant this? Where, when do I plant this? Where, where should, what, what variety of this should you recommend? Would you recommend? And I always tell them, go find your county on the AgriLife website. They have recommendations. They literally have calendars that tells you when to plant this seed. They have lists of varieties of fruit trees that do well in this area. They will not lead you wrong. They, they work for you. These extension offices, you know, they, they, that's your money. It's, you know, it's, it's, well, it's half federal, half, you know, state, but like, uh, but, but you're paying for some of that. And so take advantage and use the resources that you have available. And those AgriLife people are great people. They're smart people and they're very friendly usually. Except for Ke Kevin kept saying he was grumpy. Uh -huh. I don't. I, I don't get that. I keep kept saying he's a grumpy people, old man. I, people can't be grumpy around you. That's why, Dustin. Maybe so. You just bring out know. the positivity. 